0: Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what a difference for Debo. Kyle Wright continues his outstanding season, and this is the best cornerback duo we've seen for the Falcons in a long, long time. Talk about all of that next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome into hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Remember, head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. Free and available, too, to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey, and then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Well, Deion Jones was back at practice, off the pup list, started practicing yesterday and preparation for the third preseason game. We're going to see him uh, on Saturday afternoon. I thought the comments from Arthur Smith were very, very interesting. Now, obviously, a lot of rumor and innuendo and speculation about whether or not Deion Jones is going to be here with the Falcons this season, right? And at this point, it's not a money thing or this, any other. It's a scheme fit. It's a what can he contribute, this, that, and the other. Dion's coming off of his worst analytical season, if you will, of his NFL career. This is what Arthur Smith said yesterday in Deion Jones returning to practice. Quote, I'll give Deion credit because he's going to come out here and he's going to compete. He's not going to work his way back. Or Sorry, he's going to work his way back in. It's going to be hard to get on the field in that room. And that's what you want with that competition. Rashawn and Michael Walker are doing a great job. We got to see what Troy can do, meaning Troy Anderson. Landman, Dorian Etheridge, they've had good preseasons. It's going to play itself out. Hmm. Can you imagine two, three years ago, the head coach of the Falcons saying, Well, he's going to have to try to play himself back in and there's a lot of competition and, you know, he's going to have to fight for spots. Could you imagine Deion Jones, who, let's be honest, let, you know, go from the Super Bowl year four? There are times when Deion Jones has been the best defensive player the Falcons have had. There are times when Deion Jones has been one of the four or five best linebackers in the entirety of the NFL. And it's not like Deion Jones is 40 years old. This isn't some like reclamation project of trying to get Deion Jones to, you know, find the fountain of youth or something like that. I, you know, he had the shoulder procedure and all that kind of, okay. But it's crazy to think about how the mighty have fallen here. The idea of Deion Jones, you're paying 20 million whatever dollars to who's your highest paid defensive player, who's been the stalwart of your defense, who's been the cornerstone of your defense for this last handful of years. When I read those comments and I just read them to you, does that sound like a head coach who's ready to have Deion Jones just plop in and, hey, Deion, welcome back, let's go, man. Or does that sound like a guy who, he ain't exactly sure what his fit is on this defense. Because you would have never have heard over the last few years Dan Quinn say anything like that about Deion Jones and his stead in his defense. Now, we'll talk more about this in just a second. But first, talk about my folks over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your easiest, best resource for all of your sports wagering information. Listen, college football is kicking off this weekend. Yeah, it's week zero, whatever you want to call it. Plenty of games, though. NFL regular, regular season is right around the corner. But we're we'll wrapping up the preseason. You can get action there. All kinds of stuff going on. We got the golf tournament, right? Tour Championship, right here in Atlanta. Big money tournament, cool golf event going on this weekend in East Lake Country Club. You got all this action available to you at BetOnline.net. Your number one source for all your sports wagering information. Get your esports, your betting, all of your podcast information. Everything is right there in the palm of your hand. Right. Take that mobile device and head over to BetOnline.net today. It's where the game starts. But it's crazy to think that. And, and and this is why I've said repeatedly on, on the show, I don't think Deion Jones is going to be here when, when they get ready to take on the New Orleans Saints the week of September 11th. I don't think he's going to be here. Did, what I just read you, does that sound like a coach who's ready to take his stalwart, one of his cornerstones of his defense and his highest paid guy and say, go right in there. And I understand, listen, I've talked to Arthur Smith personally, okay? I understand he's a little bit coy, And i understand the word of training camp has been competition i'm a hundred percent on board with that but there are some things where you don't expect competition well Chucky, they're not a good super. okay but you didn't give dion dion jones a 20 plus million dollar player if you don't think that he is one of your best inside linebackers then move on from him trade him there's no reason to keep him on the roster and overpay for just a rotational guy. And look, I've said, I don't think Deion Jones, from a scheme fit for what Dean Pease wants to do and what he's looking for, when you're in that 3-4 defensive front and you get some of these offensive linemen that are coming through and you have to take them on, Deion Jones is not built to do that. And that was where his problem was last year, is when blockers would come upfield and he had to physically take them on. He's not a big physical guy. If you see Deion Jones in person, you know, he looks pretty much the same as he's always looked. I mean, I'm not telling you he doesn't look like a football player, but he doesn't look like a typical guy who is going to play middle linebacker in the NFL and take on blockers. He's not the biggest, thickest, strongest guy that's out there. So I don't think that from a scheme fit to start with that he's the right guy. And it doesn't sound like the head coach is all that sold on him either. Well, you're reading in this. I'm not reading anything. I'm reading you the direct words. This isn't some ham and egger that, you know, is just coming off the street that they don't have an understanding of or don't have an evaluation of or hasn't been arguably the number one or two most important pieces on your defense for the last half decade, right? I mean, he's been Grady and Dion, right? I mean, how many guys are left from the Super Bowl team? It's Jake, Debo, and Grady, right? That's it that's the only three guys that are left. Everybody else is gone. So he's been one of the stalwarts for your defense. And your coach is coming out and saying that, well, it's going to be hard to get on the field in that room. And can I tell you, honestly, look, I love Michael Walker. I I interviewed him when the Falcons drafted him, had a chance, to talk to him, saw him at training camp. I love the kid. I, I think he does a lot of good things. Rashawn Evans, I've said, He's going to lead this team in tackles. We talked about that last week or the week before, right? I think he's going to lead this team in tackles. But it's not like that those guys are the reincarnation of Ray Lewis or Dick Butkus or anything. It's not like that those guys make you forget about all the other linebackers. I mean, it's not like that they've just dominated so so well. The Titans didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Evans and let him go. So it's crazy to think, and, and look, I think the Falcons are trying to get him healthy, get him up to speed and try to show something. And I think they're gonna move on from him. I still don't think that they are going to cut him. At the end of the day, I think they're gonna find a trade partner and they're gonna move on from him. But I thought it was very telling yesterday what the head coach had to say about Deion Jones, how hard it's gonna to be to get on the field in that room. And this said, could I ask, Can I say, it ain't like the Falcons linebackers are setting the world on fire. So if Dion's having trouble getting on the field, what does that tell you about what his scheme fit is in this defense? All right, when we come back, Kyle Wright continues his outstanding season and he's chasing down something we haven't seen in a long time. Talk about that next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Welcome back into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Head to youtube.com, put Locked on Sports Atlanta in the search browser. Hit that subscribe button when you find our page. Leave us a comment. And of course, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, download us today, Spotify, Odyssey, whatever your favorites are, we are available to you. Give us a five-star review, and then follow me on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Well, yesterday, the Braves wrapped up their sweep of the Pittsburgh, I, excuse me, let me back up. They wrapped up their sweep of the god-awful, dreadful, pawn-scum, scuzz-bucket, disgraceful, pig-slop franchise that is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They finish up... and against the Pirates this year. The guy, look, their offense just cranked it up yesterday, right? Olsen hit a home run that went in the frigging river, for God's sakes, right? But Kyle Wright was outstanding yesterday. Seven innings, two hits, eight strikeouts with a walk, didn't give up a run, and pitched 73 pitches. He is now 16-5 and on the season. Who had that on their bingo card? Who had, going into the year, hey, you know Kyle Wright, come end of August, is going to be 16 wins on the season. Nobody would have had that out there. And he's tracking down something now that we haven't seen in a long time. Anybody out there in listener land know the last time that a Braves pitcher won 20 games? Anybody? Anybody? Smoltz? Nope. Glavin? Nope. Maddox? Nope. The last pitcher to win 20 games for the Braves in a season is Russ Ortiz in that magical season of 2003, which look, I'll say this, that to me is the single most frustrating season in my 30 years here in Atlanta, because that team was so dominant and so good. That's the chipper and left, Andrew and center, Sheffield and right. That team ran through the national league, 103 wins, whatever it is. And they go up against the Cubs in the playoffs in that first round series. And Pryor and Wood just, and they were done. And the famous quote by Leo that I'll never forget until the day I die. Well, you know, anything can happen in a short series. Well, in that season, Russ Ortiz was 21-7 and with an ERA, by the way, about 3.8. Kyle Wright has been amazing this year. And you look at his numbers. 16 wins, which leads the majors. Now down to a 299 ERA. 24 starts. He's got 147 and two-thirds innings pitched with 144 strikeouts. So it's 8.8 strikeouts per nine innings. That's the best in his career thus far. He's got only 16 homers given up, which is not a bad number in today's Major League Baseball. 41 walks. So he's got a walk strikeout-to-walk ratio of 3.5. And, and that's what you have to have in today's baseball, Right. And his whip, 1.131. It's crazy to think because his whip, you know, for his career is over 1.3. And that's influenced by this year. He's been nothing short about saying. Now, here's the crazy part. He very well may lead baseball and wins and won't finish second or third even in the National League. Because I'll tell you right now, Alcantara right now is the leader in the clubhouse for the Cy Young, right? He's been ridiculous how good he's been for the god-awful pawn scum, sludge of the universe, muck and mire in the gutter that you have to scoop up with your hand and a glove and everything. Miami Marlins. It's been amazing this year with the things that he has done. And if we're being honest, Wright might not even be the best starter on his own team. Listen, that performance Max Freed had against you know the Mets here in that must-win game, that's as good as it gets. And I've said Max Freed's the best left hander in baseball right now, but I'm not taking anything away from what Kyle Wright has done this year. 16 and five this year on the season. You can't dumb your way to 16 and five in major league baseball. And it's not like he's getting by because the Braves are the 27 Yankees and they're running through everybody, right? He's had to pitch his tail off at times. All right, we'll talk more about this in just a second. But first, my folks over at CoffeeAM, coffeeam.com, you know how much I love these folks. Best small batch coffee roaster in America, right here in the state of Georgia, up in the Canton area, great online coffee company. Look, go to coffeeam.com today, okay? You're looking for K-Cups. You want organic. You want fair trade. You want flavored coffee, right? You need tea. You need gift set. Whatever it is that you need, coffeeam.com has a wide extensive menu of products for you to check out today. So here's what we got going on, okay? We got a deal for you. Head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Coffeeam.com backslash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. When you get there, look through their wide menu, look through all the different things they got. You want some coffee, you need some tea, a gift set, a mug, beep, bada, boop, okay? When you put that first order together, okay? When you get to the checkout, put the coupon code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Put that coupon code in at checkout and you get 15% off your first order at coffeeam.com. Doesn't matter. You buy coffee, buy tea, buy gifts, whatever it is that you buy. That first order is going to get you 15% off simply by using the coupon code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America, right here in Georgia, up in Cherokee County. So look, Wright has had a miraculous year and in a lot of ways, You know, he and Freed have really helped carry this pitching staff all year long. Because you think about Charlie Morton, who's been really good now here for the last couple of months. But think about how much of an up, down, beep, bop, boop, you know, kind of season it's been for Charlie Morton. Anderson's down in the minors right now, right? Like they, you know, Strider has been obviously a blessing, but he didn't start, you know, out the year. The fact that they've had two guys who, again, you know. Freed is what, 12 and 4 on the season? You know, you can get 30 plus wins out of two guys in today's Major League Baseball. You're doing something. Because guys don't go deep into games, right? You know, we it's when when you've had to define a quality start in Major League Baseball as six innings and three runs, right? That's considered a quality start in Major League Baseball. Could you imagine telling whoever, Tom Seaver or Don Sutton or Phil Negro in 1979 or J.R. Richard in 1979. Hey, you know, if you pitch six innings and give up three runs, that's a quality start. Imagine telling those guys that. They tell you that if we pitch nine innings and give up three runs, that's not a good start. But in today's baseball world, where it's hard for starting pitchers, and look, I understand the pitcher win number isn't what it used to be, right? You know, look at the guys now who are the top wins leaders, you know, as far as over a career. You know, even Kershaw and guys like that. What's Kershaw got? Like 130, 140 wins or something like that? You know, the idea of him getting to 200, he's going to have to pitch for quite a while. But Wright has been outstanding, 16-5 and on the season. And he and Freed have really been rock solid at the very top. I'm not going to say it reminds me of Glavin and Maddox or anything like that those guys are both first ballot no-brainer hall of famers but freed is an ace in today's baseball world he's the best left-hander in baseball he's a top of the rotation ace but kyle wright doesn't take a back seat to anybody if you talk about number two starters in major league baseball how many guys have been better than kyle wright this year how many guys have had a better season than what wright has had you can't dumb your way to almost nine strikeouts per nine innings an era under three and 16 and five on the season. So you think about the bedrock and and we talk about the Braves offense all the time. And this is why I say, this Braves team is better than it was last year. And part of it is, you have two legitimate ace caliber pitchers at the very top of your rotation. So Kyle Wright's been outstanding this year, but the crazy thing is, he might only finish third or fourth in the National League Cy Young when all is said and done. All right, when we come back, um, this might be the best cornerback duo that the Falcons have had in 20 years. We'll talk about that next. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Back on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery and Locked on Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Put Locked on Sports Atlanta in the search browser. Hit that subscribe button when you get there. Also, leave us a comment about what we're talking about. Free and available, all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Odyssey, whatever your favorites are. Download us for free today and leave us a five star review. Then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Now, I'm not comparing these guys physically because we'll talk about that here in just a second. But with Casey Hayward and AJ Terrell, I think the Falcons, I do think first off, this is the strength of the Falcons. If you talk about their two corners and their ability to cover on the outside, I think Hayward. And I think A.J. Terrell is the strength of this football team. And it makes me think about when's the last time the Falcons had two really good corners? And I had to go way back. I'm going to tell you that this is the best cornerback duo that they've had since the very early 2000s when they had Ashley Ambrose and Ray Buchanan. So those guys played together in 2000, 2001, 2002, but really especially in 2000, 2001. Ambrose had been a first-team All-Pro corner, excuse me, with the Bengals, spent a year with the New Orleans Saints, and then came to the Atlanta Falcons. Ray was obviously here for the Super Bowl team. And it's funny, if you look at their numbers, you know, they, those guys were getting 9, 10 interceptions combined a year. Like, think about that now. Think about if you have two corners that get five or six interceptions apiece. That's crazy talking today's NFL, but those guys were doing it back then. Now, Hayward and AJ Terrell are outstanding cover corners, right? AJ Terrell, second team All-Pro. He was, I think, graded out the highest cover corner in the NFL last year, right? Nothing but stock going up for AJ Terrell. Hayward is a guy, a little bit older now, right? But a former, you know, second team All-Pro player. And, and it makes a lot of sense, right? Terrell getting into the prime of his career, Hayward's still a really good player, but not asked to have to be the number one corner. Now, obviously, look, Ray and Ashley Ambrose were not big guys physically. It was a different time and a different NFL. You look at NFL corners and wide receivers in the late 90s and early 2000s to what it is now, those two guys were pretty small. Ambrose was not very big. Neither was Ray Buchanan. But those guys could get it done. And those guys, you could put those guys on an island on -on one-on-one and you'd feel good about it. Well, The Falcons have the same thing, except that Hayward and AJ Terrell are bigger, more physical guys, right? I mean, I'm not telling you that they, you know, are, you know, they're not going to remind you of like a, you know, a a safety or something like that. But both guys are, you know, Terrell's what, 6'1", 200, Hayward's like 5'11", 195, whatever like that. so if there's one thing that the Falcons should be able to count on this season, that is if they can sell out and they have to jailbreak at times to get a pass rush, they can trust the two guys that they have on the outside there, right? They can trust the two guys there. Now, then doesn't fix all your problems because, you know, in today's NFL, your nickel corner plays at least, you know, 60% to two thirds of the time on your snaps and everything like that. But you feel like that if you need to get into some one-on-one situations. And I thought it was kind of funny that one of the things that was brought up to A.J. Terrell when they were up in New Jersey practicing with the Jets is, oh, you know, you're the modern day Darrell Revis and Revis Island and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to quite go that far yet with A.J. Terrell because Darrell Revis was a, a whole different animal. And, and ask my buddy Randy Mack about watching his tape and everything like that about how good everybody knew Darrell Revis was or whatever. But but that comparison, right, a guy who can stand on the outside and just shut you down. So no matter what's going to happen with the Falcons' pass rush, their linebackers, is Debo here? What do our safeties look like, right? What's our middle linebackers look like? And our outside guys get and stuff like that. You feel like the real strength of this football team. If I had to pick like one kind of small aspect of what is the Falcons' real strength, it's those two outside corners. And we haven't seen a couple of guys like that in a long, long time. For all the questions about your offensive line, your interior defensive line, can we get home with the quarterback? What is our quarterback play gonna look like? Who's gonna be at wide receiver? How do the running backs shake out, right? And we'll talk more tomorrow about, you know, things I'm looking for in this final preseason game. But those two guys on the outside, and that's what Dean Pease wants, right? He's talked about this before, about having the ability to cover man on man on the outside. And Terrell had a, you know, go look at his numbers analytically from last year. They were ridiculous. How few yards, you know, I think I think the quarterback rating against A.J. Terrell last year was 47. It was something ridiculous like that. And Hayward's a guy who, you know, look, he's talked about coming in here, you know, being part of something, working with a guy like A.J. Terrell, getting a little bit more invigorated, having some competition, He's also not being asked to be a number one guy anymore. So he didn't have to worry about lining up against, you know, the best wide receiver. He'll let A.J. Terrell handle that. But Casey Hayward is, you know, I don't want to undersell him, but he's a really good running mate. You know, if if you want to use, you know, Michael and Scotty, he's a really good second piece to have out there. So, look, your secondary is also only as good as what your pass rush is, right? Let's not fool and kid ourselves. You can't have corners trying to cover for three, four, five, six, seven seconds, right? While quarterbacks can just do whatever they want and pick you apart out there, right? At some point, you have to get home. But you feel like, though, that if Falcons have to get creative in how they dial up pressure, if they can't get home with just four guys or their outside guys or anything like that, and they have to start blitzing and they have to sell out a little bit to get the quarterback, you feel like you're pretty set on that outside and I will tell you, it's been 20 years since we've seen a tandem like this, right? I mean, there haven't been, you know, the Dunta Robinsons and the Desmond Trufants. they never really had that kind of running mate that went along with them, right? They never had that secondary guy, Brett Grimes, for season or two, whatever, but wasn't much out there. This is a legitimate cornerback duo. And really, when you look around the league, I'm not sure how many teams have, a better duo that they can trot out there than what the Falcons have. So we talk about under-the-radar signings and moves that the Falcons have made, things like that. I'm really hoping that Casey Hayward is one of those guys that has a big year and he can be part of the future for however long. You know, I'm not saying Casey Hayward's going to be here for the next five, six, seven years. But could Casey Hayward be here for the next three years and be a part of getting this defense to where we want, to what Dean Pease has been preaching, that we want to be a top 10 defense. We want to be in the upper half. We want to be an upper echelon defense, right? And in today's NFL, if you have cover corners in today's NFL, it's such a valuable commodity, right? That's why those guys are such high draft picks, right? We just saw the Detroit Lions a couple of weeks ago. You know, Jeff Okuda was the number three pick overall, number three overall in a draft, by the way, that what was it? Chase Young, and I forget who was ahead of him in that draft. So think about, you know, the two guys that went ahead of him and what their stead was. Okuda was the number three pick in the draft, right? So there is a massive premium on corners, and you have to give Buckins credit. This is probably the best duo we've seen since Ambrose and Buchanan in the early 2000s. And that was a pretty darn good, you know, that was a pretty good group that, that we had there out there. So if there is one strength for this football team— it's certainly being able to cover on the outside. If you can't get home with a regular pass rush, you can sell out because you trust those two guys to cover wide receivers. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuckery your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zeno, your second listen every day. Mark's back talking all things Atlanta sports. Check out his show. He is free and available on our YouTube page as well, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Subscribe today, our fast-growing community. Thank you so much for all of that. We are also free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. And of course, follow me on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. Back tomorrow, we'll prep for the Falcons game on Saturday as we wrap up the week. Hitting hard with John Chukri, Locked on Sports Atlanta.